0: Greetings everybody. It's a great blessing for me to come to you today and just bring you the gospel of God's grace. Let us just pray together as we start this service. Father, I want to thank you so much that we can gather around your gospel, that we can gather gather around the message of the resurrection, the hope of life that there is in Jesus Christ. Thank you that we can be born again from a new and a living hope, which is to be adopted unto you physically. Thank you, Lord, for the life that you've come to give us. Thank you that the life that you've given us is so robust that nothing that this world brings to us can ever take its light out. Thank you the life that you've come to give us is a life that gives us peace. doesn't matter what we go through. Thank you that you speak powerfully through me today in encouraging your church. Amen i want to welcome everybody that is watching for the first time as well as our regular viewers it's an honor for me to serve you with the good news of jesus christ today i'm going to be teaching on the justice of god and the reason why i want to teach on this message is because i see a lack of understanding on what god's justice is in the church as i look at uh, what the church is going through i think that the church is being tempted to move away From understanding the justice of God into the justice system of this world. Jesus himself said that I am not of this world. Neither is my kingdom of this world. Although he was in the world. And we find that many people thought that they had power over Jesus. But he says no power is given unto you except it comes from my father. We find Jesus when he was speaking to Pontius Pilate. He said to him that those who seek truth will follow Jesus. And then he just just walked away and said what is truth in itself so we see the truth standing right in the presence of the political systems of this world and people still ask what is truth and i think what we see right there um, in that interaction that jesus was having with politics basically and political leaders we see that today and we see it in the church I think we have looked at the, the the system of this world, and we started to find our hope in the system of this world, not understanding the justice of God. And we find turmoil. We find what was what happened in America with um, Floyd, uh, George Floyd, being killed by the police officers, as spilled over into a massive political thing. That the coronavirus is not even. A thought anymore that has been f- flooding into Europe and uh, it is in South Africa it is a it's a massive thing that has taken place and we expect things like that to take place but we don't expect the church to be taken up with what happens I believe that the church is supposed to understand the justice of God and have life born from God and not from the little bit of a medicine that comes from political systems trying to ease the pains of this world god has come to give us eternal life so i want to talk about this today and i want to talk about it from the perspective of the gospel the gospel says uh, or the bible says in galatians 4 verse 5 that those who rely upon the flesh or go back to the old fleshly system that they have fallen from grace and that christ will have no effect in their lives Therefore, I see this as a warning. I also see this as a correction towards the church. Also, grace churches, people that are in the grace message, who have their lives taken up with politics, their lives, their joy, their kindness, their meekness, everything is now deriving from what happens in the news. And that is a problem. When you get up in the morning and you need your adrenaline fix uh, by reading the latest news, and from there, think that, well, maybe they are bad, I am good, or vice versa, and just get that fix for the day to get going. It is a problem. It is something that God has not dreamt for us. It's something that God has not planned for us. God has got a greater life for us than a life that is born from what the news media feeds us. I've said it on Facebook this way, that on the other side of your political ideology is no life. And we need to understand that life is in Jesus Christ. If everything that you think needs to change, changes in your country, you will be still be stuck with yourself um, at the other side of that. And when we look at the gospel, we find that the gospel declares life in the resurrected Jesus and, and life experienced from born from the hope of bodily resurrection. The message of the resurrection is not even preached in the church. The the message of the resurrection is something we preach once a year and we haven't had it as the theology on which everything or the foundation on which all theology revolves. That is what it is supposed to be. We need to understand that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what makes everything true. Now that is a a a difficult statement to explain but i want to tell you that the whole bible would simply have been a myth today should there have not been a bodily resurrection you know when you look at what uh, the secular world says about christianity we find that the secular world would put christianity and all beliefs in the category of fairy tales it is just a fairy tale that is all it is. It's, it's beautiful and it is hopeful and all those kind of things, but it is a fairy tale. And I want to say that Christianity and everything we believe about the Old Testament would have easily classified to be fairy tales in the light of science and everything we see today should it not have been for the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. The person that led C.S. Lewis to the Lord, led him to the Lord and helped him to get an understanding of the gospel by telling him, about fairy tales and he told him you know look at look at fairy tales in fairy tales we have always a a way where we can cheat death where good is always victorious over evil where evil comes in very sly and wants to trick and control and all those kind of things but in the end we have a hero somebody who can sacrifice his life give his life and save the people and so save the day as well as himself And so everybody lives happily ever after. And he basically, and if we look at it today, all our movies that we watch, it's all about that. Uh, We will spend a lot of money to watch those movies and read those books so that we can feel good at the end of the day. Not many people want to go and learn about science in the sense of we have not been and then we've been and now we are for a while and we will die and be no more and therefore why care that uh, nobody wants to read that higher uh, literature or whatever you want to call it where it's all about the realities of science we want to live in a place where we are saying there needs to be a good message there needs to be life somehow and even if we look at the facts of science now i do believe that we it's it's as difficult as what it would be to find shakespeare inside of his play that's how difficult it would be to try and find god through science in this world he has created this world and he's in this world and the moment you know who god is you see him everywhere and then as much as what when you know who shakespeare is you'll find him everywhere in the play in the and as difficult as what it would be to find shakespeare in the place you do not already know shakespeare that's how difficult it would be to try and find god through science but uh, should you look at science and you look at the cold message it has doesn't matter if most of the textbook teaches us that that is the truth there's something that inside every human being that says There needs to be a hero. Uh, We're supposed to live forever. There's a call within us, a deeper knowledge that is inside all of us, that death in some form or fashion is wrong. It's not supposed to be there. And we all want eternal youth. We all want eternal life and not just eternal life. We want eternal life in love and kindness and goodness. And we want it to be secure under the power of something that can make sure that it will never change. Now that, what I've just mentioned to you, is basically what most fairy tales are all made up of. And what, what the difference is about in Christianity is this. That fairy tale hero is real. It is Jesus. He stood up out of the grave, he conquered death, he is the ruler, he offers eternal life, he offers his life, his spirit, his kindness, and so forth to us. We're not reading anymore a a book that is just dead. We are reading a book that speaks to us in every part of our life. We're reading a book that talks about the realities of the kingdom of God. And it would be a sad day if we cannot see what God has offered in Jesus, and the point that I'm making in this first part of my message is the importance of the bodily resurrection of Jesus and to understand the physical resurrection and what it means for us in this world. Should we not understand that and simply think it is something that is just for the future, wherein we are going to heaven, we will sit in this world and we would want things from this world to ease our pain and we, w- we would want to change certain things to bring life to us. What I have found is in a lack of our understanding of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the light of Adam's disobedience, what we have done is, and this is what humanity have, has done, is we saw man is in a fallen state. And what we actually want is we want what God offers in the resurrection, which is perfect health, perfect goodness, perfect peace, and all those kind of things. And as we were aiming to get that, we tried to get there through legislation. We want to get there through laws, country laws, democracy, and all those kind of things. We started out and say, you know, democracy is a needed thing because all people are equal and everybody has got as much say uh, in ruling a country as the other person because everybody is good. But like C.S. Lewis would say, he would say, well, he doesn't even think that he can run a chicken coop perfectly. Uh, you know if he looks at his own holiness and he realizes that democracy is basically there because of the wickedness of all people and that all people need to have a say because they cannot allow one man to rule the place so we sit with a system where we're trying to bring forth the life that God has promised us from the beginning and in our fallen state we try to legislate and through legislation get life you cannot get life from a law you cannot get peace from a law; it is impossible. You cannot get holiness from a law. You cannot say to people, "Thou shalt do this," and think that there will be safety. You cannot get safety on your roads through through speed uh, uh, speed regulation. You will still find accidents. You will still find people die. You will still find people drink and drive. You can bring in laws that says, "Don't drink and drive." It will help, but it is. It is equivalent to medicine. It is equivalent to giving somebody a painkiller if he's got cancer. It helps for a while, but it cannot set the human free. And the problem that I have is when I look at, and this is the beautiful thing about social media, you can see everybody's opinion on his page. You can see everybody's opinion in what he likes. You can see everybody's opinion in in all of that and where his heart is. And I also mean we speak to a lot of people in South Africa and I see the conversation that is going on on social media. If you take people and you lock them up for two months in a lockdown and just give them news to watch every day, you're going to find it's like a boiling pot. Things are just going to boil from there and people are going to now start to shout for justice. And unless you understand the justice of God... Uh, you can ignorantly think that the justice of this world is what God has in mind. I want to tell you that on the other side of all the laws you think needs to be implemented in this world, everything that needs to take place on the other side of that is still a mortal man we 're still struggling with mortality. The temptation that all people are tempted with is death itself finding identity in your flesh and in your own works and not in God who has promised us eternal life from before the world began. Should we look at what God has done and what he has promised from before the world began and we find consolation, we find peace in that because it brings life to us. We will find that good works, kindness, goodness, uh, relief for the oppressed and all those things will flow from a life that is born from God. Yet The good fruit in our lives that is lived towards those around us is simply medicine to them. It is not eternal life to them. The love that God gives in my heart, that God puts in my heart to give money to the poor is very good and can be God born from God. But the money I give them can never provide eternal life for them. They have to meet with God themselves. They have to find life from God himself. And there is no other way. So church, I, I must say that I am, I am concerned about this. It is a problem. People are falling from grace. We are falling from the divine influence of God upon people's hearts to the, to the fleshly influence of our news media, to the fleshly influence of man's opinions, to the fleshly influence of certain groups and movements and all those kind of things. And it cannot give us life. I want to use one or two more examples from South Africa. You know, when we were, um, now this was before my time, but I'm just going to speak as if I was there. Now, when the uh, african speaking people were oppressed by the English, we, th- we, we thought that life was on the other side of freedom from the English. And we fought for our freedom, we fought for our independence. And when we got independence we found that we are just as stuck as what we've always been. And then we thought that life would be on the other side of uh, getting our farms to work properly and getting financial prosperity and so forth. And when financial prosperity and all those things came, which we thought would bring us life, uh, you know, and we started with we don 't want to be oppressed; we want freedom, and if we have freedom, we will have life, and it is not right to oppress and so forth and On the other side of all these things, we thought we need a, a life lies we found that we were just ourselves as much oppressors as those that has oppressed us, uh, and then you know we we thought well if the if the apartheid system can end, then uh, it will be good, and at the end of the day, there was a freedom struggle, and the apartheid system has ended. And now we think a lot of white people think that there's life on the other side of shame. And I want to tell you, on the other side of that shame, there's just as little life as what there was on the other side of being oppressed by the English. And we find the same thing with the black people in South Africa. First, it was slavery, and at the at the at the other side of slavery, there will be life. And then uh, when slavery ended, you know, we don't find people having eternal life. We find people still dying. We find people still sinning, cheating on one another, hatred, tribal wars, all those kind of things just continue as always. And then, well, there'll be life on the other side of apartheid. And then apartheid ends and now life will be on the other side of land reformation. And then life will always be on the other side of something. And then we want to use laws and legislation to bring things in, to bring life to people. It's not going to bring life. It will destroy you. The word of God for the system that the church is even caught up in in politics is, you shall surely die. That's God's word. Don't eat of that tree. It's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want to know what's good. I want to know what's evil. And then I want to bring in laws. And we want to fix this thing. Listen. Man has fallen in his disobedience in Adam to a point where, yes, we understand that we need medicine and it's needed. We need legislation, we need laws because there are evil people in this world and we need some form of a protection. And we stand basically protected behind guns and we stand protected behind the opinions of majorities and all those kind of things, which is not a safe place. It is not safe. The only place where your life is truly safe is in Jesus Christ. If I look at uh, how I grew up and what goes on politically, the only thing that I can teach my children, wherein I know they can have peace of mind, where they can walk in true righteousness and peace, doesn't matter what happened, is to. Tell them that eternal life is in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. That that was what God's goal is for us. And that is, as we believe upon that, we find the spirit of that life in us and we live from it. Doesn't matter what happened. You know that there are very happy people right now in North Korea. Christians. Very happy under one of the world's greatest dictators. And they are Christians and they are happy. Do they have a right to be happy where they are now? Some will say they've got no right to joy. They've got no right to peace. They have no right to comfort because they're under some uh, dictator. And other countries must come and get the dictator off their backs so they can have peace. If that is your belief and that is what you would teach those people, I would say you're spoiling them in their understanding of what true peace is. You're bringing destruction to them because you are saying life is from this world. Life is not from this world, although we are in this world. Life is from Jesus Christ. As unjust as what it would be to teach your child that life is, and peace and joy is on the other side of financial prosperity, that's how unjust and wicked it would be to teach any person, doesn't matter what situation he is in, that life is on the other side of changing that situation. If we sit in South Africa at a place where we're looking at land reformation and we can lose our land, uh, uh, farmers can have their land taken from them without compensation. I will not tell the farmer that peace and joy is in keeping your land. I will tell him that peace and joy is there in spite of losing your land. We cannot find our peace in the things of this world. Our peace is in Christ. And I say again, I'm not saying that laws are not needed. I'm not saying political parties are not needed. There are wicked people in this world. And we find that the government is there. But the law is for the lawless. Are you lawless, church? No. So why do we have all of our hope in the law? If we find Uh, a person murdered by a policeman why do we immediately think justice is for the police officer to go to jail should the police officer go to jail yes but is that justice in the light of god's justice it's not justice in the light of god's justice justice in the light of god's justice is that george is raised from the dead and have his life back and that would not even be completely just Complete justice would then be that this person believing in Jesus will have eternal life being glorified with the fullness of God. Just as in the light of the police officer who, according to the justice system of this world, will go to a jail, would be that he meets Jesus in the jail, that he believes upon Jesus Christ, that he's set free from bitterness and hatred or whatever there is in his heart, um, and that he can find the life of the Spirit inside him and so experience God's life in him and so in the resurrection be glorified and be adopted unto the fullness of God bodily. That is the justice of God. Why should the church lower our standards to a justice system that is voted in by popular opinion? Wherein we have a just God that has come and shared his vision with us from the beginning. The Bible says God justifies the ungodly. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was raised for our justification. So now the question is, if Jesus had to be raised for our justification, why do we as the church continue as if justification can be obtained by laws and rules and punishment and freedom and more or less oppression or any of those kind of things? We have a higher justice. We have a higher system that can make the person in North Korea happy, that can make the person in China happy, that can make the person that has got... People that are enslaved happy today. I know of South Africans and one day I was was at the airport in Dubai and I spoke to a person that was working for some of the Arab people there. And I said to him, how is it working here? He said to me, it's absolute slavery. It's absolute slavery. Do you know how many people in Saudi Arabia that are working for Saudi bosses that oppress them uh, download my... Um, courses and do do them and they are inside joy while being oppressed because the life that we have is of it's a greater life it's a bigger life i want to say now i want to say to you again i say to all south africans that life is not on the other side of the DA's ideologies, neither is life on the other side of the ANC's ideologies, or in America, the Republican, Democrat, whatever it is. There is no life on the other side of the implementation of all those things. Life is in Jesus. I want any political party to demonstrate to me how they can give me life. They cannot. Show me any political party that has raised a man from the dead that is flooded with the fullness of God. There is none. But if your objective is not the fullness of God, you'll easily settle for something that's less. Let us see what God has dreamt for us. I want us to watch a short video of C.S. Lewis. And this is from an article he wrote, Man or Rabbit? And um, this talks about Morality and what he basically says is that the end goal of Christianity is not even living a moral life there's something much greater there's something much bigger it is attaining the fullness of the Godhead bodily now I want us just to to, uh, listen to this
1: and then we'll get right into the message again thank you Elena destroying this gigantic humbug faced with such an issue Can you really remain wholly absorbed in your own blessed moral development? All right, Christianity will do you good. A great deal more good than you ever wanted or expected. And the first bit of good it will do you is to hammer into your head, you won't enjoy that, the fact that what you have hitherto called good, all that about leading a decent life and being kind, isn't quite the magnificent and all-important affair you supposed. It will teach you that in fact you can't be good, not for 24 hours, on your own moral efforts. Then it will teach you that even if you were, you still wouldn't have achieved the purpose for which you were created. Mere morality is not the end of life. You were made for something quite different from that. J.S. Mill and Confucius Socrates was much nearer the reality, simply didn't know what life is about. The people who keep on asking if they can't lead a decent life without Christ don't know what life is about. If they did, they would know that a decent life is mere machinery compared with the thing we men are really made for. Morality is indispensable, but the divine life, which gives itself to us, and which calls us to be gods, intends for us something in which morality will be swallowed up. We are to be remade. All the rabbit in us is to disappear. The worried, conscientious, ethical rabbit, as well as the cowardly and sensual rabbit. We shall bleed and squeal as the handfuls of fur come out. And Then, surprisingly, we shall find underneath it all a thing we have never yet imagined a real man, an ageless God, a son of God, strong, radiant, wise, beautiful, and drenched in joy. When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. The idea of reaching a good life without Christ is based on a double error. Firstly, we cannot do it. And secondly, in setting up a good life as our final goal, we have missed the very point of our existence. Morality is a mountain which we cannot climb by our own efforts. And if we could, we should only perish in the ice and unbreathable air of the summit, lacking those wings with which the rest of the journey has to be accomplished. For it is from there that the real ascent begins. The ropes and axes are done away, And the rest is a matter of flying.
0: Isn't that just absolutely amazing? It is the, um, you can just switch it softer there, thank you. It's just absolutely amazing. It is just amazing to see that the goal that God has for us is the endless God That is God's goal. That is God's objective. That is what he has dreamt for us from the beginning. If I look at my ministry, uh, you know, what is very important in ministry is a good name. You know, you you want a good name. You don't want sin to be uh, behind you or uh, chasing your ministry or any of those things or bad name or any of that. Now, I'm thinking of a time, and the reason I mention this is, you know, we can so easily find our life in our things, in our businesses, in what people say about us and and, and what they think about us. You know, um, about, I think, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, I had a church in a small town called Douglas. And as I was running that church, one day the police called me, and this church was in a tent in a black community there. Um, and he called me said they said to me come to come to the tent there's something they need to talk to me about and i got to the tent and i went into the tent and there was the guy that was uh, playing the guitar for us hanging from the electric wire above the pulpit and he killed himself we had a church of about 130 140 people and the next sunday we only had 14 people left the whole church ended It was called the church of death by the community. The church of death. Now imagine that. Now, do I have the right to be happy in the midst of that? That's the question. Do I have the right to rejoice in the goodness of God in the midst of that situation? That's the question. At the end of the day, a good life... And having everything go right with you is not the objective. The objective that God has with us is higher than just mere morality. Mere morality can to a certain degree be attained by the atheist. There are atheists that are doing very good things in this world. They save the whale. They save the dolphin. They, they have Greenpeace running and all those kind of things. Yet there's a lot of wrong things they do as well. And the sa- same in the church. There's a lot of good we do, but we also see shortcomings. At the end of the day, the first thing we will learn when we are Christians is that there is a higher goal in life through Christianity. There's a higher goal in life than simply doing good. The goal that God has for us is to live forever and never die. (laughs) Some might say, but that is so far, it's an ideology. It's not an ideology, it is the truth, and it has been proven by the resurrected Jesus Christ. Let us go to Ephesians quickly. Ephesians chapter one. Church, I want us, and this is what where my heart is, let us get back to reality. Let us not get caught up in politics. Let us not not get caught up in the medicine of this world. Political parties are simply medicine. It is medicine. Voting is something that you can do, but it is medicine. It is taking a pain pill for cancer. That is what it is. It cannot heal anybody. It cannot solve any problem. It cannot give you life. And should we be involved in that? Yes, but I think we should be involved in it in the same way as what Paul told, told Timothy to be involved in a bodily exercise. Yes, it is of importance, but it's not of vital importance. It's of little importance. That is what it is all about. It's not a, a great importance. It is important, but not of great importance. What is important is to teach your children the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that their identity is in the resurrected Jesus, that the word of God about them is the man seated at the right hand of God. In these last days, and I've said it many times in these messages that that has passed, in these last days, God has spoken to us through His Son, who after He has washed our sins, after He has cleansed us sat down at the right hand of majesty to do what to rule and reign with life over us so that we can have our right unto life through christ exercised by the influence of grace on us that is how it is and as we um, as we enjoy the life of god we can find that laws can change political situations can change and things can get better in this world but that better cannot provide eternal life and that is what we need to understand somebody wrote me today and he said to me batty do you want to tell me that if people are going through a difficult problem you want to help them by just saying um and i've had not just one i've had several people ask me this you want to tell me that if people are in a difficult situation now that You want to tell them, listen, don't worry, you've got eternal life. Yes, that's what I want to say. I don't want to be, there is things that has happened to this world wherein they cannot be comforted with anything else but the truth. And the truth cannot harm anybody. The truth gives life, the truth brings freedom. The comfort that I have, if I'm on a deathbed, the comfort I want is eternal life has been promised to you. God is faithful. He has raised Jesus from the dead. And even if the worst happened to you, Betty, I want to tell you, you shall be raised. And we as Christians stand around this bed. Yes, we want healing for you. But we are also encouraging you in the knowledge of what you have preached As the truth about the resurrection. And we stand here. And we continue in this message. As those who continue to live in these bodies. And we know you shall be raised. For God is faithful. That will encourage me. You know what will encourage me? If I've got a land in Zambia. And some things happen there. That is not just. It's not going to be encouraging to me. To say well you know. This injustice is now going to be fixed by some law or whatever i want the encouragement of my life is not defined by how a mission station is built or not that's what i want if my father-in-law was beaten by people of the opposite race to to a pulp on a farm to the point that he a few years later basically died because of the damage that he had in his brain because how he was beaten i want to tell you i cannot find comfort in a law That says, you know, we're going to make certain things safer. Well, thank God if there can be a law that makes things safer. But the comfort I want is he can be raised from the dead. And I can be justified with peace in the midst of all of this. Because God has conquered death and conquered sin. That's what I want. I don't want a watered down medicine. A plaster that is over a gushing wound. We want the gospel of Christ that saves and delivers and heals that can reach the depths of the darkness of the heart of man and bring him joy in a jail where he sits illegally. There are people that are in jail and they are not there legally. There were lies told about them. But the good news of the gospel is, yes, the truth can come out as pertaining to their situation. Maybe they didn't rape a person. Maybe they didn't abuse somebody. And now they are in jail. And the truth can come out and they can be, get out of jail. But there's something higher. There's something better. There's something greater than what can happen according to the laws and what the lawyer. Salvation doesn't lie in the courts of the country. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father. It does not say, grace be to you and peace from a new legislation. Grace to you and peace from God, the father of your body, offering you a new physical rebirth. That's what he says here. Paul didn't come with a watered down message. Church, get this watered down political message out of the pulpit. On Friday, I put a post on Facebook. I said, does black lives matter? And I lift the bar and I said, people are dying. And we need to redefine justice in the light of what matters. And what matters is what God has dreamt for humanity from the beginning. And that is the resurrection and eternal life. And from eternal life, we as Christians can have our minds and our thoughts about what is just redefined. Grace and peace to you. I want to tell you. If something happens. You know. The other day. I I just speak from my heart. The other day somebody decided to sue me. And he decided to sue me for a very stupid reason. I am not even guilty in the slightest form. And his objective is to see how he can destroy me. You know what is the most beautiful thing? Elena and I we sat down at that table where she's working on that computer, and we sat down and we said, "We are not justified in if a person sues us or not. We are not justified even if there's an unjust judge that rules for him and we lose everything we have. We're not justified by that. It's just for us to be happy doesn't matter what he does. It's just for us to be happy with or without property. It is just. To live from the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now I don't have to have all the time waiting. I I know they're going to throw the thing out of the court. It's just something very stupid. But I don't want somebody to come to me and say to me, Bertie, I want to comfort you. They're going to throw it out of the court. I don't want the comfort of the court. I want the comfort of even if it is going to be like that, even if there's an injustice, I'm going to have life. That's the comfort I want to be comforted with. I don't want second-hand, watered-down comfort. I want the comfort that comes from God. I want the truth to be spoken. And the time has come for the body of Christ and the church of Jesus Christ to at least have the gospel and the justice of God on their lips. But the poverty of our theology is of such a great magnitude that we cannot even define what resurrection is. We don't even know what it is. And I'm sorry if I sound a bit upset today, but I, 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 it is from a concern in my heart where I'm seeing people that has been listening to the grace message for years falling into the trap of something that is not life-giving. Grace be to human peace from God our Father. And from the Lord Jesus Christ, what does those words mean in the light of politics today? Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Listen to the the whole goal that God has for us. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of sons by Christ to himself. That is what C.S. Lewis talked about. We are aiming for morality. Or we are aiming for justice in some form or fashion. Teaching our churches. Some of the great preachers that's watching me today. You're teaching your churches that on the other side of land reformation is peace you're lying to them you are lying to them there is no peace on the other side of that i'm not saying it shouldn't take place but to tell them that that is the justice of god and bring it from the bible you're lying to people in the name of jesus it is called blasphemy that is what it is god has come to give us freedom church here it says in verse 5 having predestinated us unto the adoption of sons what is that adoption paul talks about in romans chapter 8 he says we are awaiting the adoption the salvation of our physical bodies. sometimes we see justice in a way that it's not i want to quickly go to luke 12 Paul, in 1 Corinthians 7, he says, this would be, people will people might even spit if they hear this, what I'm going to say. But let me say it. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 7, spoke to people that were in slavery. And he said to those that are in slavery, as you have found Jesus, we are as a slave. Don't seek freedom. You would say, are you crazy in saying that? No, I'm not saying that. Freedom shouldn't come to people. He says, should you have an opportunity to be free, take it. It's always better to be free. But if you are a slave, don't now try and use the gospel and try and find and seek freedom and be so obsessed with freedom that you cannot live where you are. You can have life right there where you are, even as a slave. It's a battery, but that is absolutely crazy what you're saying. I'm saying if it should happen that this world falls back to a place where I am taken as a slave or my sons are taken as slaves by some other nation and they are working for farmers somewhere as slaves, I want them to have a gospel that is so robust that they can have joy by the power of God and not the power of a boss. That is what I want. And if I, I want to live by that today, and I want to tell you, if I live by that today, I find peace in the midst of turmoil. Luke. Well, the justice of God is defined by original intent. God decided to give eternal life. And anything The way you measure if something's just is, how does that promote what God has promised? And how does it flow from that promise? That is how we define justice and what is just in this world. I find it unjust to teach to people that they can have life when they have a lot of money. I find it unjust to teach people that true peace lies on the other side of land reformation. I find it unjust to teach farmers that true peace lies on the other side of you keeping your land. I find it unjust to teach people that um, you can only have peace if there is no police brutality. I find it unjust to find peace on the other side of legislation about abortion or no abortion. We cannot find our peace on the other side of those things. We live in a broken world. In this world there are injustices and what is just is to find the original intent that God has given us and everything that leads unto that and that is from that is just. So it is just for me to preach what I preach to you today because it points you to the resurrection, re- resurrected Christ and a life born from him in the midst of a broken world. And it's time for us to see the justice of God. Let's look at the justice of God in, in a very practical way here. This is Luke 12. And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divides the inheritance with me. So what's happening here? Somebody inherited money, and then the one brother inherited a lot of money, and the other one got nothing. Now, that is not nice. We would say that is kind of unfair. We would say that is not just. Now, we're going to look at Jesus and implementing true justice in this situation and what he would say about these things. We would so many times want to say, God, what would you say about my political party? Can't you tell the leader of the country or the guy of the other political party that he must change his laws or this or that or whatever? We're going to look at what the Bible says about situations like that and see how Jesus implements the justice of God unto life. A A man of a company came unto him, saying, Master, speak to my brother that he divides inheritance with me. And he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? who made me a judge or divider over you and such things? And he said unto them, take heed, beware of covetousness, for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. I goodness. I thank God for his justice. Here a guy comes. Jesus, tell my brother to share. Now we would say Jesus is a very sharing person. He shares. He gives to the poor. Everything he got into his ministry, he gave to the 12. He was a sharer. He fed the 5,000. And here a person comes and says, Master, tell my brother to share the inheritance. And Jesus says, who has made me a judge over such things? I'm not here to judge over those things. But let me give you the justice of God. Watch out that the two of you are not covetous. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he tells a parable. And he says, a rich man went. And he said, well, I've got a lot of things. What shall I do? I will enlarge my barns. And I will build more. And I will live long. And he says, but you fool. Tonight you can lose your life. Then he goes on, he speaks to the poor man, the man that was basically saying he he should divide inheritance. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't even have a barn. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Is life not more than these things? I want to tell you now, if you go to God with your political party and you are saying, God, you know, I want you to tell. I wanted to tell those republicans or I wanted to tell those democrats I wanted to tell the DA or the ANC you know what god will say unto you god will say who's made me a judge over these things just be careful that you don't find your identity in what you possess and your land and if somebody prospers or not but find your identity in me because life is not in the governments of this world life is in me that's what jesus would say and that would be a just answer And should everybody believe that, you will find that that justice of God brings life even in the area of medicine, in the context of what I'm teaching. God has come to give us freedom, church. God has come to give us freedom. I read this again. Man, and that word man there is the word mankind. Who has made me a judge or a divider over you? Take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Neither in the country where he lives neither in if somebody likes you or don't like you. I live in South Africa. You know we My forefathers didn't do the best of a job as pertaining to trying to govern a country. They implemented the apartheid system. I am in the light of many seen as an ex-oppressor. But let me tell you something, my life is not defined in somebody else's opinion about me. In these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. My life is not defined in, in how many people follow me on Facebook. If I was a businessman, my life would not be defined in how much money I make. Glory to God if I make good money that I can be generous. But my life is not defined in that. My life is not defined in what people say about this ministry. My life is defined in Jesus. It is good if good is said about the ministry. It is good if good is said about a nation. It is good if there is a fair justice system wherein people can live live peacefully, but it's not good to believe that you can find life from it. It is unjust. Justice is defined in what upholds the original purpose. And the original purpose that God has with man is to adopt us unto himself. And it's unjust to bring a message in the church where we can find life from anything else. Let us pursue the truth as what the truth is pursuing us. He who wants truth comes to Jesus. And at Jesus Christ, we find eternal life. Amen, amen. I trust this message will cause you to meditate and to think upon where you are in your heart, in your relationship with God, and know that life is a free gift from God. God loves us so much that he says it's unjust that my people die. I will give them eternal life and it will be by me. Let us not look at what God has promised and try through laws to implement that. Let us look at what God has promised and believe him. If the oppressed and the oppressor both start to see this truth, we will find the life of God come to us. And the life of God that has come to us, live towards one another, would not be the source of life. That is just the effect of life. My love for you can never be the source of eternal life. My care for you can never be the source of eternal life for you. How I counsel you can never be the source of eternal life for you. And I have been counseling a lot of people, speaking to a lot of people lately. I want to tell you the source of life is you see yourself in the resurrected Jesus and having a joy from the truth and the hope of being born again in an incorruptible life the life of jesus amen amen thank you so much that i could serve you with this message today god bless